Greetings and felicitations. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, thank you for joining me with, for another episode of my podcast. Where is this going? I have no earthly idea, but I do know that when you're with me, you'll never see the end of the road. So here we are, episode 39. That's right. I've missed a few. We should be a little bit higher, but I've missed a few. I've miscounted. So what are you going to do? Shoot me. There we go. So here we are, another week, another week down, another week up. Let's see what we can get into. Of course, we've been doing this for a little over three years, and I enjoy doing it. I hope you enjoy listening. I'm sure there are sometimes you were like, wish you weren't listening to it, but you committed. So the least you can do is oblige me for the next 58 minutes and see where we go. I'm going to take you somewhere you might like. I might take you somewhere you don't really want to want to talk about or listen to. But it's what's inside my head, and I got to get it out, as well as what's in my heart. So let's roll on with episode 39, see what happens. And until then, I leave you with the impeccable sounds of one Billy Preston. You used to play keyboard for the Beatles. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Once again, friends and neighbors, here we are. Zero Dark Thirty. Just you, me, and a cup of hot joe. And the ramblings of my mind. Uh, that song was Changes. Changes by David Bowie. And because it's about changes here. Changes in general. I've noticed this starting a couple of weeks back. We've gotten a lot of new faces at the clinic, which means my disease runs rampant through the United States. There are, uh, what did I see was the statistic that there were 73 million people that are diabetic. There might be more because a lot of people have diabetes and just don't know it. They haven't recognize the warning signs yet what are they well thirst you can never seem to get enough fluid in your body whether it be water or anything else god forbid if it's soda it's sugar and it's going to make you want to drink more alcohol yes but There are some people out there that were drinking a gallon of water a day, maybe more, and they didn't know that they were sick. 
but they were. And so now they're, you're facing a whole new dilemma. Get yourselves checked. Easiest way is go to your doctor and have them check your blood sugar. And that's going to be the first warning sign. If your blood sugar is like 600, you got problems. So within the, the disease of, of diabetes, dialysis also runs rampant. With all the new faces that I saw in the clinic, I saw at least one, two, three, four, five, six new faces. And what you're going to do, it's, it is what it is. It is the disease that catches up to you when you least expect it. And it will continue to do so. You're not going to get rid of it. There's no magic cure. Yeah, you're going to look at all these videos on your Facebook. I beat diabetes by doing this. And you watch a video for half an hour. Then they're trying to sell you a pill. Or you hit the gym. You drop 100 pounds. And uh, you drop 100 pounds and you're still sick. Well, it's good that you dropped 100 pounds. That's going to make you live a little bit longer and maybe prevent the further ravages of the diabetes. But it's going to start and your doctor's going to put you on three, four, maybe five different meds. If you're lucky, at least maybe two or one. If you're lucky, I said. Nine times out of ten, you won't be lucky. You'll be on Genovia, Jardians. Uh, what's the what's the one that almost killed me? Oh, I don't even remember it anymore. But it was a oh, metformin. They're still prescribing that, and it's it's don't do not. If your doctor mentions to you metformin, tell them to give you something else because that drug is not good. It, it will damage your kidneys more than what they already are. Just take that from me. Take that from experience. So new faces, and then the thing in my life that happened that really really snapped my my garter, I guess is what my significant other did to me. So I was just sitting down thinking, feeling sorry for myself. I thought maybe it's time I made some changes. So on Monday, I went to my social worker at my clinic. And I said, I would like to know the chances of the availabilities of transferring to TTS Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And just make that change and going second shift, going in at, at nine o'clock instead of getting up at zero dark 30, like I have been for the past five years. I like the shift. Don't get me wrong. I do like the shift. I just don't. I'm just, I think right now with all that's, that's happening to me, I'm just tired. I want to sleep. I want to rest. I haven't had a decent rest in five years. And then now that I got issues with my hernia, I think this is part of my major part of my problem.
because I was uh, talking to my, my doctor a couple of weeks back. I went to go see him. And so we're just chewing the fat. And I told him, I said, you know, my hernia this, my hernia that. And I started telling him my other problems. Like my back is aching and, you know, I have trouble sleeping. I don't sleep really, really, really. If I'm lucky, I'll sleep two hours a day. The rest, I'm sitting up on my bed. If I can't sit up, playing on my tablet because I just can't, I can't sleep. This irritates me. I got to get it fixed. I really, I think this is the time to start getting things fixed. And um, maybe that'll make the changes, finish the changes that I'm already making. We'll see. That's the only thing I can tell you is, you know, we'll see. And then my doctor did confirm a lot of things. He said, yes, your hernia, depending if it's continuing to open, is going to do things like it's because it's trying to force its way out of your body. So your intestines, as they push forward, they pull back. And they're pulling on my spine. And he said, what they do is they, they, they change the curvature of your spine. And that causes you to have those aches and pains that, that are bothering you and keeping you from sleeping. If I'm sitting down, I'll fall asleep. I'll go to sleep. You know, if I'm sitting down, I'm asleep. Nobody bothers me in the house because they know I don't sleep. So they leave me alone. I don't like it. But that's the way it is. And then now that my girlfriend has dis abandoned me, well, I'm not saying she abandoned me because she was a bitch, but I was also a dick, I guess. And I thought the communication we had was supposed to help things. She chose not to communicate those things because they lead to other things that can't that can't be helped at this point in time. And so she had to make a choice and she did and that, that's fine I, I can live with that I don't like being alone I'm alone again in my head and in my heart and that's, that's the worst part but anyway first and foremost I have requested a change and at this point I may want to wait until after the Thanksgiving holidays and we'll get back on a regular schedule so I don't want to be screwing things up for anybody by switching right now at this point because we're going to have a different we're going to have a different clinic schedule next week because of the holiday and it's just way too, just way easier to finish it out for me than to try to jump slip into this in the middle of the holiday and go with that so changes making changes for myself Hopefully for the better. Are changes going to bring her back? I doubt it. But the one thing that she hates about, about me the most is that I don't give up hope. Hope is a good thing. Sometimes the only thing. And good things never die. That's a quote from Shawshank Redemption. It's one thing that uh, Mr. Dufresne tells Red when he before he escaped, or after he escaped, he left him a note. That little saying was written in that note. 
So I never give up hope. That's the one thing that she hated the most because I would not give up hope of us being together. Unless I see her bebopping down, downtown with another guy on her arm, then I'll know it's over. And he's going to be, or she's going to be his problem next, not mine. But I'll still suffer for it. Those are the changes, folks. Friends and neighbors, I'm planning on making. Good or bad, what do you think? Reach out to me on Twitter. None of you do. But it's Ben Her at T-C-C-I-N-D-Y-1. And we'll go from there. Let me know what you think. Good or bad. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We got another 40 minutes to cover. Listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, thank you for sticking around. I want to thank you for that. For listening to my podcast. If you're one of my regulars, and there's only like two or three of you, I may have lost one uh, a couple of weeks back. But today is zero well, it's zero dark thirty. It's on a Sunday morning. It's a little bit out of character because usually don't come on Sundays. But uh, this is the holiday schedule at my clinic, so we have to give up this Sunday, go on Tuesday, and then go back on Friday after Thanksgiving. So this episode, or this particular block, is dedicated to Thanksgiving, because you won't probably not be hearing this until Friday, because I kind of lost a week. Uh, so another year, pretty much come and gone, or going, as we all know. And we're sitting here at Thanksgiving. It's been a very trying year. I'll leave it at that. That it's been very challenging. And we sit back at this point in time and reflect on the year. And the things that we have to be thankful for. Well... My year has been a very, very serious set of challenges. First and foremost, I guess I have to say that I'm thankful for the fact that I was, I'm still here. I'm still walking God's green earth. He still has a purpose for me. What it is is yet to be revealed. But I will make it to the best I can. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that my health has stayed intact for another year. And although it doesn't look like I'm going to get into the hospital until next year to fix my hernia. Because I doubt I'm going to get into the next six weeks. But that's okay. The year will come along and I'll go back under the knife. 
<clears throat> get this fixed and get on with my my being. What are the things that have changed? Well, uh, you you don't know because I've never I've never said any of this to anyone. This is an internal family matter. But for some reason, my sister has written my mom and me out of her life. <clears throat> it started last March when we had a garage sale here at the house. She was in a mood. And she stormed off. And once again, was to, to be honest, at this point in time, we still don't know what angered her. If it was us, something we did, or it was just something internal to her that just spilled over and became a point of contention that was just very embarrassing. And she didn't want to just bring it up, so she just kind of wrote us off. It was easier to do that. So right now, at this moment in time, my sister is not in our lives. And once again, like I said, that's for whatever reason. We don't know. <clears throat> okay, so. But I'm also thankful that she is still well. And so is my brother-in-law, her husband. <clears throat> so it's going to be very interesting Thanksgiving this year. Uh, while you were all celebrating with turkey and stuffing and pie, my mom and I have decided to just go to Luby's on the Wednesday before and let Thursday come and go, just like Christmas. My father's gone, my sister's going, and so it's just the two of us. Ah, but you say, but, but, but Ben-Hur, you've got your girl. No, I don't. She ended that on November the 7th. And yeah, I know the month is not out, but it's been, what, 12, 13 days? <clears throat> and it still hurts. You know, if she doesn't want me in her life, that's fine. Because that's a choice I can't make for her. And like she said, she was making a choice for her by ditching me. Okay. All I can say is good luck in your next endeavor. It's not going to get any easier because you're going to be looking for me. And you're not going to find him. Because me is me. Me is here. But you got issues other than that. And you just don't want to deal with them. Man, that's okay. That's neither here nor there at this point in time. <clears throat> I'm just rambling here in the dark with you and what few Christmas lights we have up here in the house. So I'm thankful that a majority of my family is in good health. And we all seem to be doing very well. I'm not going to go on and on and on like many other family members you may have that sent out the the annual Christmas letter to tell you to detail you what's going on in the lives of them and their spouse and their children and you really don't give a rat's ass any more than you give a rat's ass about me and be honest, folks. Uh, you know this is this is a, a show about truth. So those are the truths. We sit here at the end of another year, wrangling our hands, wishing it could be better, hoping it could be better. <clears throat> and maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing we all overlook. And we miss the fact that why are so many people happy? 
at this time of year when you should be miserable with all the things that are going on in the world. Well, that's true. But I think what it is, is we all hold on to a little four-letter word. <laughs> no, it's not that one. It's called hope. And the best way I can put hope is a line from Stephen King's The Shawshank Redemption. Hope is a good thing, sometimes the best of things, and a good thing never dies. That's what I could never get her to understand, that I always had hope about us in our relationship, because hope is what kept me going. To this moment in time, maybe you don't love me. Maybe you never did love me like you told me in your words. But I still have hope. And a thing like that never dies. Now, somebody may come along to make me feel differently about how I feel about you. And then you're off the hook. You can go about your life and I'll go about mine. <clears throat> but I guess I guess that's a thing for these holidays. Just have hope, people. Just have hope. Hope that this horrible war in, in the Middle East will end and the war in the Ukraine will end. We'll put our differences aside and call each other brother and sister and have a really true Thanksgiving a feast of celebration of life and living and also the lives of those departed because we can't forget them. And I guess that's just a thing, right? Right. Yeah, it's true. That's, that's the thing. <clears throat> that's the one thing folks don't give up hope. Don't let it go. Believe that it can be, and maybe it will be but also accept if it can't or it won't be. That's just the beans about it. I can't make it, I can't sugarcoat it, make it go down any easier. That's just sometimes a bitter pill that you have to swallow. And if you're out there listening by some strange chance, I still love you. I think I always will because I have hope. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We will be right back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Thank you for sticking around. Well, uh, something that I've been meaning to talk about for some time now. 
I noticed this in my clinic the other day. I was watching. I, I watch. I watch everybody, what they do, how, how they come in. Many of us come in under our own power. The others come in in a wheelchair or with some sort of aid to walk, cane, walker, etc., etc. And I notice that we all have rituals. Now, what I mean by that is we have things, it's just like you. You drive into work, you try to park in the same spot all the time. Once, once you find that sweet spot, you like parking there. So you park it, pull into that because it's not that far or just far enough to the front doors of your, of your job that you slide in, go into, your, into the employer room, your locker, you unlock it, you put up your lunch or whatever else you bring in with you, your snacks. Change into your uniform or you already have your uniform on. You have your spares in the, in the locker. You close it up. You walk out. Maybe grab a cup of coffee. Sit at your workstation and you start. But then even then you have rituals. Maybe a little something you chant in your head as the day starts. A little prayer maybe. And then you start your day. <clears throat> Just like me, I'm sitting here at Zero Dark Thirty, ch chatting with you people, my friends, my neighbors, my brothers and sisters. And <clears throat> and I know the song's still playing in the background, and I've had some response from many of you that you hate that. Well, I don't. I like it. it. It just adds a little ambience. If it distracts you, well, then that's not my problem, really, because uh, it's, a, it's just a little trick that we, we've done in radio. So It distracts you from listening to me to listen to me. But then again, maybe you just dig the song and you're going to listen to the song. You see, it's, it's a win-win either way I see it. So anyway, we perform rituals. I do the same thing. I get to my clinic, I park in the same spot, I grab my bag and I walk in, make small talk with my fellow brethren that are in the waiting room, waiting to get called in. And then when they call me in, the ritual begins. A weigh in, a temperature check, and then I wash my access and I go to my chair and I sit down, almost always the same exact chair. It might be off by one or two, either to the left or to the right, just depends. And then I open my bag. I take out my water. I take out my tablet, my phone, my earphones, and uh, my little bathroom wipes. So I have them handy. Then I turn around. By this time, the, the tech is coming to, to help me. And uh, she puts on the blood pressure cuff. The machine kicks in. We take my standing. If it's okay, I sit down, we take a sitting. Then she stabs me with those two needles. The machine by this time is already ready to go. Connect the two hoses. And the machine starts and the process begins. Rituals. No different. Well, yeah, different in what you do or, or you know, but you do them. You may not realize you do them, but you do do them because you're human. 
And we are those kind of people that we do those things because we are human. And now that I've got you self-conscious about that, you're not going to change. You're going to realize you fall back into the same habits that you always have because you do. It's neither here nor there, but we do the watch. Just, just sit, sit in the way in, in your in your break room and watch. Your coworkers do almost the same exact thing at the same exact time. It's like I told one of one of the texts. I said, "I all I have time to do is sit here and watch you, so I know what time all of you go on break. All of you come back. When what what you do that la 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 down the line." And they were amazed. I don't know if it's because. I don't have anything better to do, but the thing about we being people, human beings, is uh, it's just really simple. It's the things that we do and the times that we do them. Because we all fall into habits, we fall into ritual, we fall into the way we do things. And you'll find that in the wild... Creatures, the creatures that live in the wild have the same habits. They will walk the same game trails. If you're a predator, we will go to the same watering hole as your prey, and you will drink. You will go back into the into the into the grass, and just wait until your your next prey item shows up. Your prey does the same thing. It comes wearingly to the water hole. Make sure there's no predators around. Make sure there's no predators in the water waiting to eat it. And then they go about their business of getting some water, getting something to eat, and getting back to their little burrow where they're safe. Rituals. Mosquito flies around, especially when it's found you. Like like the one in my house this morning has found me. It's already bitten me three times. I can feel my legs itching, so... Once again, it's rituals. It bounces around until it smells that, that CO2 uh, smell that we emit when we breathe, and then it zeroes in on that, and boom, it's found a meal. And if he's with his buddies, it's a smorgasbord. You've turned into the golden corral of, of people for mosquitoes. You know what I mean. So once again, rituals. We all do them because we're just creatures of habit, I guess. Speaking of rituals, we have big rituals that are coming around right now. We just celebrated the last one, which is Halloween. And next week, actually this week coming, is Thanksgiving. And then lo and behold, it'll be Christmas. And then we look forward after Christmas to the next Christmas. So we start counting the days. Till we start, when we start putting the decorations away to re, re, reload them in the coming year. And then we sit here and reflect what we've gained, what we've lost. But we always will keep those rituals because they're what keep us going. I'm not saying that's what drives us. But it does keep us going to the next day and the next day. And we go to that watering hole every day and hope that we make it back to our homes and our families to continue those rituals 
of coming home, greeting your family, preparing for a meal, cleaning up after the meal, going to bed, kissing the man or the woman that you love, and go to bed, waiting for the next day to start your rituals all over again. Look around. You you know what I'm talking about. You do this. You do the same thing. Almost always going to the same box of donuts in your break room. Grabbing the same one, plain, or the one with sprinkles because you feel like living it up. Grabbing a cup of coffee and going back to your desk and nibbling on your donut and drinking your coffee until lunchtime. And then it's a whole new set of rituals, but it's rituals nonetheless. That's what I'm telling you, folks. Pay attention. Nothing changes. Nothing changes very drastically, but it does. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around. We'll be right back. Nights in white satin Never reaching the end Letters I've written Never meaning to send And we're back. You're listening to the Cherryland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. Opening up with the Moody Blues, Because I Love You, or Nights in White Satin, actually. Uh, I heard it the other day, and I was like, how come I've never used this song for an opening? Well, here we are. Uh, I think today we're going to talk about faces and choices. I think it's been all overdue. And besides, there have been changes being made at my clinic that warrant a little bit of speak. Hold on, let me turn the blues down. It's a little bit too loud. There, there we go. Uh, There have been a flurry of new faces on my morning shift. And we've lost a few people. We lost my friend Abe, who went back to his, uh, his mother clinic, I guess you could say, on 151. Somewhere out there. No, 151 is way in the hell out there by Leon Valley and uh, he's there now and from what I hear he's a little bit miserable because he doesn't have me and Charlie to kick around like he did here at, at our clinic and you know what it is what it is and then besides he he boasted that they had offered him his chair back at our clinic but in reality reality They gave his chair away. It's gone. It's been replaced by a man with no legs. Uh, He seems to be okay. He looks a little bit like he got punched in the face a lot. You know, like he he was a boxer. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't doesn't look good. But then again, when you're missing both your legs, who would would say you look good? So, anyway, he heard me uh, kicking it with my tech, and he looked at me and gave me a smile like, yeah, give it to him. Well, you know, I, I screw with him. I have to. Because if I don't, I'll probably go insane. But anyway, let's get back to that. Some of the old faces are still there. Dave, Mr. De La Rosa, Zach, me. This new guy, Sanchez. He's been put in the corner chair next to me. 
that's all I know him as is Sanchez. And I, I helped him out the other day, and so now he waves at me. He tells me hello. So, see, that's how you break the ice, slowly but surely. I mean, like with Abe, it took me almost, he'd been at the clinic almost a year before I even started talking to him. Because I found out he was a he was a jarhead, so I, you know I screw with jarheads. So then there's this new kid, probably in his early forties, looks too young to be there. I don't talk to him; he's too far away, and he comes in about twenty minutes after I I'm already called in. So there's a bunch of new older older women, some older men, and so this is the changing face of dialysis. We've lost a few. Gonzalez is gone. He transferred to El Paso to be with family, and he's got that. There's a clinic there. Mr. Espina went to Mexico to die because, from what I understand, there is little to no dialysis in Mexico. So the only thing that waited for him there was death, and I wish him well. I hope that he is singing with the saints in heaven. He is eating his big bowl of hot menudo with tortillas and... He's happy. And the thoughts of death come back to me as these new faces are replaced by death or, you know, people are transferring out. That happens. But you very hear very few people moving on because they found a... Um, because they found a, a kidney for them. Very few. I can't think of the last time I talked to somebody that knew somebody that had gotten a kidney transplant and was out of there. But as I reported to you some time ago, I spoke with another man that had a kidney transplant and his kidney failed because they don't tell you that. That when you get a kidney, you run about a 40% chance of that kidney failing, maybe due to rejection but they're going to put you on any rejection beds for the rest of your life. But sometimes the kidney just gives out because it was going to give out and it had been dormant too long or this, that. Too many other things, too many other factors in the mix when it comes to uh, kidneys. Anyway, let's get back to it. New faces, new choices. I've made some choices. And if I take it a step further, I've had some choices made for me. But, you know, the person that made the choices made the choices for themselves. And that's cool. That's okay. But sometimes your choices affect other people. I know that my wanted to transfer to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The minute I made that request again, it just sent everybody in a tizzy because they want to figure out what they're going to do, who they're going to move, who wants to move. Because it all boils down to that. Is there anybody in that sh in that time slot that wants to move to my time slot? Now, let me tell you. My time slot is a primo time slot. It is premium. It is choice because it is the first tier of the Monday, Wednesday, Friday cycle. You go in early, you get out early, so to speak. You're out, you're out by 9.30 at the, at the latest, maybe 10 o'clock. And that gives you the rest of the day to screw off. And you are going to screw up because you're going to go home. You're going to go, you're going to go to sleep because you're exhausted. Your body wants to rest. Your body got up at three, three, zero dark 30 in the morning. You've heard me say that many times. And your body's assaulted by a dialysis machine. 
and your body's just is just tired and you're gonna go go down for two or three or four hours it just depends and so that's the reality of dialysis excuse me I'm yawning yeah I still haven't caught up on my sleep I'm so I'm so pretty much fried I eat supper and I eat early mind you I have my supper about 4, 4.30. I'd like to eat it at 2. And the reason I, I would like to do that is because, and I'm going to get back to the original choices thing in a minute. Just let me finish this. As you know, I had my colon, my entire large intestine removed from my body because it had basically bled to death and then died inside me and they had to scrape it off. It had attached itself to other organs in my body. So I live on my small intestine. My small intestine has to do it all. And it still functions as a small intestine. It does what it does because there's no large intestine to suck the water out of your out of your poop, out of your out of your, your food that's been been absorbed of its nutrients. Then the last stage in your large intestine it sucks out all the water. And then you made it make a good solid poop. Yeah, I know it sounds a little gross, but that's just life. So anyway, for some reason, two years ago, I started this shift that I noticed. I would come in, they would hook me up, and I would sit there for four hours. No problem. No qualms. Nothing. Then one day, I went to clinic, and at 7 o'clock, I had to go. I had to go. So they disconnected me. They let me go. And I went. And everything was fine. I was good for the next hour and a half. And that went on for a while. And then it started to change. Most recently now, I go at 7 o'clock. Now it's lately. It's been 6.30. And I have to go again almost an hour later. And in, at the clinic, they have, they have a policy that if you have to go twice, you're, you're done. They take you off because they say that they have to put more fluid back in you to get you off than would be worth taking off. And I, would, I told them, I said, look, I'll stay an extra half hour if I have to just to get that off. And they're like, no, 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 we can't do that. The state, da, 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 da. Once they say the state, yeah, they're, they're, they, they've uh, washed their hands of it. So that's that, right? So... I've been getting off early. And they make you sign a form. So it's a form that, that says you're, you're leaving against medical advice, an AMA form. And that's not the truth. I'd like to stay, but they won't let me because they have rules. Their rules are... Well, and a lot of the texts say that's bullshit. They can put you back on just as easy and take it off. Exactly. And then there's texts that I have that say, screw it, you don't need to fill out the form. You're, you're done. And they let me go. Well, anyway... I'm thinking, see, and what happens is when I get home from a regular treatment, which is about 9.30, I go one last time, and that's it. I don't have to go again for the next three, maybe even four hours, not to like around, around three o'clock. So this is the reason for the move. If I can get to a second shift, and see, the other reason I want Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, it's a slower pace uh, clinic. There's less people. And there's less stress. 
When I go to my clinic on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock in the morning, there's a lot of stress. You can cut a knife with it. You can hear the stress in people's voices. You can see the stress in their eyes because they're just as tired as you. They're exhausted too, you know, and uh, that's that's the way it goes. I mean, it just it just sucks because we're dealing with a corporation that has a corporation mentality, which is it's all about the almighty dollar. They could really care less about the patients, which is God's honest truth, because it's just the way that they treat us. And they tell us, I've been told this, that they believe this. Their mantra is the patient comes first, but they don't show that in their actions. And that's the problem. So that's the reason for my choice is maybe it'll be better for me to have a good solid treatment with no interruptions if I could just go at a later time. And I can also sleep in a little bit later, which is a plus because I get better sleep like at four, five in the morning when I went out to my off days. And can you hear that? Can you hear my voice is starting to crack? Because I'm talking too long. I haven't drank any any fluid. So my voice, my vocals are starting to get shredded. But uh, that's such a reason for the, for the changes, for the choices, the choice that I made. Now, the choice that I made of wanting to go TTS is going to affect somebody on my shift because my chair will become open or my time slot will become open. Somebody may want that time slot. On the two T on the TTS side, the person that I'm going to swap with, I'm going to be in Dutch with the person that wanted that time slot. But I, I well, hey, you know what? The thing is, you I, I asked first. If you wanted it, you should have asked. At least that's the way I see it. So, choices have effects. Choices have consequences, some good, some bad. And, but you know what? When you boil it down to brass tacks, that's just life. Life is a series of choices. Go left, go right. And then sometimes, not for a long time, do you realize that was the right or the wrong decision. When it's the right decision, oh, you know right away. You really, really do. When it's the wrong decision, you grow even faster. So, all right. Well, somebody just barged in on my studio, which is my room, and I just lost my train of thought. Choices. Choices have consequences, as I said earlier. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. What? And if you heard the voice, that was my mom. And she immediately clamped her hand over her mouth like, oh, my God. I need to put a sign on the door that I'm recording. And I think that'll make it a lot easier. But anyway, in the meantime, it's, it's, it's done. And you've made choices in your life that you probably regret. As I've made choices in my life that I really do regret. And I've had choices made for me that have been a, a benefit and that have been a disaster. But that's life, folks. It boils down to just what are you going to do? What you're going to do when life comes knocking on your door? You got to answer. You got to answer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. 
I know what I'm telling you, people. I've been living this kind of nightmare for the past 63 years. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. We'll be right back. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. The needle tears the whole. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, good morning. It's Zero Dark Thirty, your Tuesday morning. Yeah, it's different because we're on holiday schedule. They kind of broke up the week. I did Sunday, I didn't, I'm doing Tuesday, and then I'll be back on Friday. So that gives us time to chat. I want to chat about something. I talked to you about changes and choices. And I guess now I want to talk to you with Johnny Cash in the background about something that we do every day because we're human and we forget the teachings of our Lord or whatever Bible you subscribe to. And that's judge being a judge. Now, it says in the Bible, judge not lest ye be judged. But we do. The other thing that we do, besides judge, is covet. We covet our neighbors, our friends. Well, I'd like to have that. And I wish I had that car. We covet. And in coveting, we also judge. Uh, Well, he probably sells drugs to get all that money to buy that car. Or to have that woman or man or whatever. Or those $200 Nike shoes. You know. I did it yesterday. And where was I when I did it? I was at everybody's favorite space, place, Walmart. And it was in the middle of the day. It wasn't one in the morning when the, really, when the real freaks show up. I was in line to... Uh, to check out and there was a family there was the the grandmother in the in her wheelchair actually it wasn't a wheelchair it was one of those chairs there's those electric chairs that they provide you there at Walmart or HB and she was with her daughter her daughters one blonde one brunette the, the brunette was in her early 20s she was had something in her hand like a bundle I thought it was a baby it turned out to be a dog and the young girl was maybe 12 maybe if that and the the young girl was arguing with the older girl about unloading the groceries onto the car onto the uh, conveyor belt at the Walmart and they were arguing rather loudly and because they were, 
they made a spectacle. They were making a spectacle of themselves to the people in line, not just me, but the people behind. And the people behind me had the common sense to move out of the line and go somewhere else. I should have done the same thing. Because when they were checking out, there was something wrong with the woman's credit card and the the um, the gatekeeper, so to speak, had to come out from around her counter, take the woman's credit card, run it through the machine, enter all those appropriate numbers, and try to get it to work. She had no luck. So now I always end up getting stuck behind those people. And I start to judge. Well, look at them, probably on welfare. Hey, I, these, these are things going through my head. And as I'm listening to the little girl argue with the with the adult, I was going to intervene. I was going to say something. Because my judgments had gotten the better of me. And just as I was going to, I bit my tongue. And the gatekeeper intervened, black woman. I started talking to them like a black woman would, and they stopped. This this point, this is when the grandmother intervened on her on the behalf of her two two girls. And I said to myself, "This is something you should have done at the get go, lady." But no, I don't know what your problem was. Well, anyway, they they got their their things taken care of, and they moved about their business and moved on in life. And I said to myself, what a strange bunch of people. Now, as I thought about it, what could have been done and better? Well, the older girl could have realized she was arguing with a child. And the child was wrong. From my point of view, you should have been helping unload the cart helping your grandmother, who was obviously an invalid. And things would have known, but you decided to argue the fact, oh, and then, uh, I don't know what happened, but the clerk has a big package of oatmeal cookies in her hands, and she goes, did y'all want these cookies? And then the grandmother lost her shit. Oh, my God, who put those in the basket? Who put those cookies in my basket? I didn't want cookies. Cookies is not on the list. And then the young girl said, well, I thought maybe we could enjoy some cookies together. And the older girl, or the, the young woman said, she put those in the cart, Grandma. I saw her. And then the argument started all over again. And uh, <clears throat> when they uh, moved on, the clerk, the black lady, looked at me and said, she goes, Lord, this is why I drank. We all had a good little laugh. And I guess my sanity came back to me. I said, well, you know, they're, they're just people. White people. Because they were white people. A black woman or a Mexican woman would have already taken her, her, her uh, house shoe off and beaten those kids with them. 
but that's, you know, that's the thing I was trying to get across is I judged. Not with all the facts. And that's wrong. And we do it. Sorry, taking that last pull of my coffee. But we do that on a daily basis. We judge each other. And sometimes we even judge ourselves a little too harshly, I must add. But sometimes we judge people without realizing we're judging them simply because it's become second nature. And we don't, this doesn't make us bad people, but it makes us people, it makes us human. When the Lord says, Judge not, lest ye be judged, remember, I think what that means is that while you're judging someone, you're being judged by others as well. It makes me think of that line from The Wizard of Oz, which is my favorite line of the whole movie. When the wizard gives the tin man a heart and the tin man says, what is it that he says? Damn it. Oh, yes. You cannot judge a heart by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others. And I'm paraphrasing this, and that wasn't an exact quote. But you get the gist. We judge. Maybe that's the gift that the heart gives us to judge and the brain. And it's sometimes something we shouldn't do because we we get it wrong. You know, you look at somebody, oh, he's a rough guy. But then you get to know him, oh, he's a pretty good guy. Pretty smart, pretty intelligent. But he just looks like I look. I can give a person a look and you would think I'm a, a mass murderer. My my gaze can make people turn away and not look back. I've just gotten that good at it. And so there we are. We judge. We judge out of necessity and sometimes we judge out of fun. And it's something that we really shouldn't do, but we do it. Uh, that's life, people. We are who we are. And that's that. Just be better people, you know. It helps, makes you a better, better person. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Stick around, be right back. And we're back. You're listening to the Chairland Chronicles. I'm not dead yet. I'm your host, Ben Hur. Well, 
you know the routine when you hear the traveling Wilburys end of the line. You reach the end of this episode. Uh, we covered quite a bit. Being judgmental. Choices we make in life and changes we make in life. To try to become better people. I try every day. And I screw up every day. It's just I'm just human. Well... Also, I didn't cover it in this episode, but we say goodbye to Rosalind Carter, President Jimmy Carter's wife, who passed away a couple of days ago. A champion for the mentally ill. She herself suffered from a form of mental illness, and she wanted others to be free of it. And I commend her for that. I commend her spirit for that. Her husband, Jimmy Carter, is also in hospice care. He's almost at the end of his road. And today, we are at the end of our road. So, I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. Arguing with your drunk uncles, cousins, and enjoying some turkey pie and all the good things that go with it. I leave you my basic ending description. Live, laugh, love. Live your life today as if it's your last day on this earth, because it just very well may be. You may walk into a bus, get hit by an 18-wheeler, or you just croak, and you go to the other other side. I hope you don't. I hope you stay on this earth and listen to the Chairline Chronicles. You have to laugh. You have to laugh at everything. I'm not saying life's a joke. I never do. But it presents present some pretty funny things, especially at Walmart at 1 in the morning. You know what I'm talking about. Ah. Uh, And laugh at yourself. You're not a joke, but you do some pretty stupid shit, I gotta admit. And love. There's not enough love in this world, we determine that. But if we loved a little bit more, we might hate a little bit less. The point where it goes away. And we don't have to hate the Jews or the Muslims or the Mexicans or the blacks or the Asians. We don't have to hate them. They're our brothers and our sisters, no matter what. So, until next week, take care, live well, and I will be with you very soon.